Hi, welcome to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. so long did you miss us of course you did that's why you're listening right now because you're so excited to hear yeah. our voices i'm so excited <laughs> kelly i just yes. can't tell you how excited i am to be here sitting with you virtually in my closet while you are two hours away from me in another city i am glad that we are two hours apart that's not what I meant, but I'll take it. <laughs> you guys, so literally so much has happened since our last episode, which we didn't even know would be our last episode. So sorry for the lack of warning, but we didn't feel like doing this anymore for a while. <laughs> we had to take a holiday break, you know. We really deserved it. Um, so what has happened with you? Okay, y'all. So can I tell, what can I say what's happened with you first? <laughs> Sure. So Kelly got engaged and I got a dog. We're both in very similar places in our life. Um, so anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Congrats. Congrats to you. Thank you so much. I am trying to fill the man shaped hole in my heart with a dog and she almost fits. Almost not fully. Not quite well honestly if you want we can like swap geo and jojo no, every- I'm good. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay fun, cool. fun fun if you're into that kind of thing um which i'm not so anyway kelly yes what are we talking about today well what is this first of all oh this is a podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is ready let's say it together okay ready one two three in Kelly and, and <laughs> <laughs> You said it slow on purpose. No, I was matching your pace. No, I was going fast. Ready? One, two, three. In Kahoots with Kelly, Kelly and Savannah. And Savannah. <laughs> what is wrong with that? Was so off. It was so delayed. Okay, whatever. We're, We're not, not in sync tonight. Yeah, we have to get back to it. Um. Anyway, I'm Kelly. That's Savannah. Okay, Kelly, what are we going to talk about today? Um, today, we're just going to talk about, like, um, UFO sightings. Are you sure you sound kind of like you're not really <laughs> sure what we're going to talk about? Um, I did just finish researching this, like, one hour ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we I actually did it months in advance, you guys. We seriously, I, like, we go to the library and stuff. It's, like, legit. Yeah, I actually did this um, early, which means I forgot everything. <laughs> So, no, today we're talking, we're going to give a brief overview of Area 51, and we're just going to talk about some important alien and UFO sightings. So, like, the, the UFO thing is going to, like, lead into the next episode, which mm-hmm. is Area 51 episodes yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So, but this like, is just, like, a little like teaser. It's yeah. just like a little, it's like, hee hee hee, here's some, oh, wait, take it away. You don't know, you yeah. don't get the whole thing, it's just a teaser. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So, shall well, we get started? I hope that, like, what I said is, like, what it is, you know? Yeah. It's okay, like here we, we go. Like, we like determined it together. Yeah, like just now. It's like a wave, like we 
it's like uh, I see you through the screen, but like our thoughts are like more than that. Okay, let's get started. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, our sources for today were KUNR Radio. There's a one. That was my impression of a radio host. Um, the Daily Express, dictionary.com. That's on you, Kelly. Kelly's going to define Area 51 via dictionary.com, apparently. I don't know. They actually have, like, real articles on there. It's not just, like, definitions. Wow. Dictionary.com is really exceeding expectations. Way to go. Um, a Guardian article, a Vox article, a CNN article, and our favorite source, a Wikipedia. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll start. Hee <laughs> hee. So Area 51, if you don't, literally are living under a rock and you don't know what Area 51 is, I'm going to tell you what it is literally right now. So are you ready? Kelly's drinking wine, so she can't respond. I'm ready. Okay. Now that you're ready, I'm going to proceed. Okay. Area 51 is a high security open training range for the U.S. Air Force, so they say, in the desert of Southern Nevada, located around 80 miles uh, northwest of Las Vegas, near the edge of the Nevada nuclear test site, which we will get into in depth later. Its official name is the Nevada Test and Training Range, NTTR, um, at Groom Lake, and it's a unit of the Nellis Air Force Base. So people think that the Groom Lake base was top secret and unacknowledged, but the government actually has admitted its existence. Um, and also, fun fact, Groom Lake isn't actually a lake, it's a salt flat that the Air Force uses as a runway, which is What's like... What's a salt flat? It's like when over years and years the mint like a lake dries up and like minerals and salt rises up and so it's like not actually water oh it's just minerals and salt um the closest area to the closest town to area 51 is rachel population 54 people wow as of uh, probably like a year or two ago a baby might have been born an old person might have died we don't know it all evens out it's entirely off limits to civilians, including the airspace above it. Can't even fly a drone over that thing, mm. making it a hub for conspiracy theories. And people believe that somewhere on the base is an underground lab where the government keeps and studies captured alien aircrafts and possibly even aliens themselves. Okay, so we're going to get into some alien and UFO sightings. We're going to start with Kenneth Arnold in 1947. While flying his small aircraft near Washington's Mount Rainier on June 4th, 1947, civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold claimed to have seen nine blue glowing objects flying fast at an estimated 1,700 miles per hour in a V formation. At first he thought it was was birds. (laughs) That's my theory. It was birds. (laughs) At first, he thought that they were some sort of military aircrafts, um, considering World War II had just ended and the U.S. was um, close to being in the Cold War. Um, But Arnold reported it to the media, and the military confirmed that there were no tests being conducted near Mount Rainier that day. So they say... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) When Arnold described the motions of the aircraft, um, he described it similar to a saucer if you skip it across the water... Therefore, the media coined the now infamous phrase, quote, flying saucer. That is so interesting because, like, when you picture a UFO, what do you picture? Like, like, an, like a, a round, flat disc. Yeah, yeah. A saucer. Kind of and like the say, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but more disc-like. Yeah. That makes sense. 
But also, why you don't skip a saucer across the water? You skip rocks, right? Yeah, I don't know what he's skipping across the water, but <laughs> he's skipping plates. Honey, like... <laughs> like, I really don't like this design on our on our dishes. Let's toss these out the window and get some new ones. Um, yeah, I don't know what he is doing in his free time. I don't. I don't skip saucers personally. Also, don't skip rocks because I don't know how. So, but that's an interesting <laughs> tidbit. <laughs> it actually is very interesting. I didn't know that that's where that phrase came from. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, okay, so this set off multiple sightings across the nation of similar flying objects in a V formation, including by Prospector on Mount Adams and a commercial flight through Idaho. Okay, so moving on. Roswell in New Mexico, also in 1947. That this was a popular a year. Yeah, this is a well-known one. That's the only one I'd ever, like, heard of before. I just knew, like, Roswell. I, like, knew the name Roswell, but I didn't know, like, what happened in Roswell. Well, Savannah, I'm about to tell you. Oh, my God, I'm so excited! <laughs> okay, in the summer of 1947, a rancher named William Mac Braz- Brazel? Brazel? Um, Sure. Okay. Discovered mysterious debris in one of his New Mexico pastures, including metallic rods, chunks of plastic, and unusable papery scraps. After Brazel reported the wreckage, soldiers from nearby Roswell Army Air Force Base came to retrieve the material. News headlines claim that a flying saucer crashed into Roswell, but military officials said it was only a downed weather balloon. As it turns out, the government was indeed covering something up, but it wasn't aliens. The crashed weather balloon, in fact, was part of a top-secret military endeavor called Project Mogul, which launched high-altitude balloons carrying equipment used to detect Soviet nuclear tests. The Air Force provided plenty of proof in a 231-page report. Who is reading that? (laughs) Um, Nerds! (laughs) Right? Um, This report was released in 1997 called Case Closed Final Report on the Roswell Crash. I feel like we should have read it (laughs) for this podcast. Okay, why don't you read it and then just give me the SparksNote version of it? (laughs) (laughs) This is not a podcast of research. This is a podcast of light, we'll say light research. It's not in-depth research. research. Yeah. Um, Though the mystery has been thoroughly debunked, interest in the case has only grown and Roswell's tourism is heavily based around its um, famous so-called UFO sighting. The town is home to the International UFO Museum and Research, a spaceship-shaped McDonald's. Ooh, that's fun. And an annual USO festival held each summer. I think that's a UFO festival. (laughs) What did I say? USO? (laughs) (laughs) I meant UFO. (laughs) Um, I really want to go to that. Okay, hear me out. Bachelorette party at the International UFO Museum and Research Center. I think that would be a very unique uh, bachelorette party. We could have dinner at the Space Shape McDonald's. I have family in New Mexico, so we could book their um, house in advance. Perfect. We stay there. We see the balloons, the balloon festival. We see the Mm -hmm. UFO sighting Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And if we have time, we drive to Area 51 to see what's up. And then Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, next is the Lubbock Lights in 1951. Lubbock. Lubbock? Just Lubbock. It says Lubbock. I don't think it's Lubbock. Okay, the Lubbock Lights. Lubbock. Just l- say it with me. Lubbock Lights. Lubbock Lights. Okay. I think okay. that's my interpretation. Okay. One evening on August 25th, 1951, three scientists 
three science professors from Texas Tech were enjoying an in summer evening outdoors. Um, when oh, they, so nice, so fun. <laughs> I bet they were drinking canned wine like us. <laughs> um, when they looked up and saw a semicircle of lights flying above them at high speed. Over the next few days, dozens of reports flooded in across the town. Um, Texas Tech freshman Carl Hart Jr. even snapped photos of the so-called Lubbock lights phenomenon. They were published in the newspaper across the country and in Life magazine. Project Blue Book was established by the Air Force under Truman's presidency to investigate UFO sightings. And Project Blue Book's official conclusion was that the lights were birds reflecting the luminescence from Lubbock's um, street lamps. Many people who saw the lights, however, refused to accept this explanation, arguing that the lights were flying too fast. Um, and, I th- and I think I go into this later, but Project Blue Book is like... Uh, what, what's the word? Like an organization, a force, a task force? A task force, yeah. For investigating quote-unquote UFO settings. Yeah, I feel like the, oh, it was birds reflecting the light is kind of a lame explanation. Yeah, they didn't have a very creative task force. <laughs> <laughs> but they're definitely hoarding something. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving on is Leveland, which happened in 1957. Um, dozens of citizens in Leveland, Texas, individually reported seeing a rocket or strange lights that interfered with their vehicles. Engines died and lights cut out. Ooh, that's spooky. Though the police initially thought the reports were a hoax, they too saw the, myster- the mysterious lights and investigated the situation. Um, Project Blue Book was assigned to investigate the case, but ultimately they found out that it was an electrical storm that caused the lights and mechanical malfunctions, despite the fact that there were no reported thunderstorms in the area that night. Okay, there's a lot of holes in this story, Project Blue Book, and you're not doing a very good job of coming up with excuses. They really don't know how to think outside the box. Yeah, for real. I don't know who's on this Project Blue Book, but... I bet it was our good friend, Alan Dulles. Alan Dulles, Dulles, whatever his name is is behind everything <laughs> sketchy in U.S. history. Very true. Okay, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just want to check on JoJo. JoJo! I just want to make sure she didn't choke on her bone she's chewing. JoJo, come here! <gasps> A good girl! It's a good girl! Oh, she wagged Can you hear her? Yeah. Okay, Bye! Wow, she has not even made a dent in that. That's amazing. Oh, that stinks. Okay, I gave her... No, no, no. She has delicious breath. That sounds weird. Mm, I don't think so. She... No, no, she really doesn't have bad breath yet, but um, I gave her a bully stick. It's better than rawhide because rawhide can, like, damage their teeth and they can choke on it. Mm -hmm. Um, A bully stick, I'm, like, pretty sure is made of cow penis. So um, (laughs) it smells really bad. (laughs) But, you know, the things we do for our dogs, am I right? I wouldn't know. I guess not. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't give Geo um cow penises, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> Wait, you don't? <laughs> I know that's his favorite treat. Okay. I'm gonna butcher this name because it's Iranian, but Tehran. In yeah, I would say Tehran. Okay. In 1976 was another location of a UFO sighting. So on September 19th, 1976, some concerned citizens of Tehran, Iran, started reporting a bright light in the sky. An F-4 fighter jet was sent out to investigate, but as it neared the object, its instruments blacked out, forcing the pilot to return 
to his face. Sorry, I had to burp in between. <sighs> sorry. You know what? That was so inappropriate. I am sorry. <laughs> okay, a second. <laughs> a second F4 took its place, and as it neared the unusual light, it's, it achieved radar lock. I'm literally picturing Star Wars, like, in my head right now, because I don't Yeah, I'm not really sure what F4. radar lock is. I think it's when he, like, locked the, the, um, crosshairs like lock on to an object if that makes sense you know i don't know like they they, like they lock onto an object this is complete speculation but they lock onto an object object and can like fly towards it oh okay so a second f4 took the first fighter jet's place and as it neared the unusual light it achieved radar lock but according to the pilot the ufo released a glowing object which the pilot assumed to be some sort of missile headed straight for him and as he prepared to fight back the pilot experienced malfunctions with his instruments and he witnessed another bright object released from the ufo that headed straight towards the ground but he safely returned to base despite the faulty equipment so that's all that we have about that, which is not enough. Those pilots seem to be high on a few things while he was operating an <laughs> aircraft. Yeah, I don't know what this pilot was popping, but it was uh, not Xanax. Um, after the incident, Iran contacted the U.S. to aid them in an investigation and an unclassified memo by the U.S. Air Force Section Chief Lieutenant Colonel Olin Moy detailed the events of the night. And there are explanations for nearly all of them. Hopefully it's better than, it was a thunderstorm, even though there were no thunderstorms. Oh, it was a bird. (laughs) Just a bird. I don't know. You're seeing things. Um, So first, the bright light seen by civilians and the pilots might have been Jupiter. (laughs) I don't know why that seems like the worst excuse in the world. Oh, it's just a planet. No, it's just a really big planet. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But Jupiter was visible in the sky that night, apparently. Second, the F-4 jet had a long history of electrical problems, meaning the instruments... Oh, why were they flying it? I know, they're like, oh, this one's broken, but you can have it. <laughs> um, so that means that the instrumentation might have failed regardless of possible UFO inter- interference. Um, it also could explain the radar lock. It might simply have been a malfunction. The first F-4 report stunning was never turned in for maintenance following the incident, so there's no official indication that its instrumentation even failed. And then finally, as for the alien missiles, there was a meteor shower that night, which could easily account for the fi- sightings. Uh, it sounds like um, this pilot was just, like, high and <laughs> just, it was a bad combination of Jupiter and meteor showers. <laughs> um, all right, there's two more big UFO sightings throughout history. Rendlesham Forest, 1980. In December of 1980, some U.S. Air Force members stationed at two British Royal Air Force bases called Woodbridge and Bentwaters, which are very epic sounding names. I feel like that should be from Downton Abbey or something, but it is London, so, or British. It's the same thing. Britain and London, all the same thing. Um, Now, what's the difference between Britain and England? Um, actually one is in Europe and one is in the Middle East, if you want to. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. Um, so they, (laughs) Woodbridge and Bentwaters. (laughs) Can you? (laughs) It seems like you're high tonight. (laughs) Hello. I just had a beer and a canned wine. I'm just feeling a little loosey-goosey. I'm so sorry. If anyone in the UK listens to this, no, you didn't. Okay. You think we're international? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so these Air Force members, 
Is that the, that still seems like the wrong like term? Air Force members, like Air Force pilot. I don't know if they're pilots. They're in the Air Force, okay. and they reported seeing strange, colorful lights above Rendlesham Forest, about 100 miles northeast of London Town. <laughs> One man who entered the forest to investigate claimed to have discovered some sort of spacecraft there, and the next day, others confirmed damage to nearby trees and a higher than normal level of radiation at the site. Sorry, I'm burping again. <sighs> Several days later, more sightings were reported. Lieutenant Colonel... <laughs> He's got two titles! Whoa! Lieutenant Colonel Charles Hull recorded his observations on an audio tape as he watched the lights, and while not definitive proof, theorists consider this the strongest evidence of the events. But the UK's Ministry of Defense, and they spell defense with a C instead of an S, which, you know, is legit British, which oversaw reports of UFO incidents in the early 2000s, didn't find any credible threat to the nation and didn't pursue investigations any further. As similar to Lee, similarly, similar to Lee. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like totally blacked out right now for my canned wine. <laughs> Similar to at Roswell, UFO tourism is prevalent in Rendlesham Forest. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and there's even an official Rendlesham UFO trail that visitors can hike off of which sits a model of the reported spacecraft. Now that I want to go to. That sounds very cool. That's that. The final UFO setting that we're going to talk about is the Belgium wave from 1989 Ooh. to 1990. <laughs> the Belgium wave. <sighs> At the end of November of 1989, citizens of Belgium, the country, not the waffle. <laughs> Why? Also, it's Belgian waffle, I right? Think we not should even Belgium. See other people. <laughs> Can we talk about this later? I'm kind of busy recording a podcast. Okay, okay. Um, the citizens of Belgium reported seeing a large triangular triangular UFO hovering in the sky, but beyond the visual sightings, no evidence was found of any UFO's existence. So they were obviously not on the right mind. But a few months later, in March 1990, new sightings of multiple objects were reported, confirmed by two military, military ground radar stations. Two F-16 fighter jets were sent out to investigate the anomalies, and though the pilots could not see anything visually, they were able to lock onto their targets with, once again, that, that good old radar lock that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But the UFOs moved so fast that the pilots ended up losing them. So their radar lock didn't work very well. Mm-mm. What about the losers? Um, so 13,500 people are estimated to have witnessed the incident. Oh, God. Making it one of the most widely experienced UFO sightings of the modern era, which is weird because I've never heard of it. Not that I'm, like, super into UFOs, but I've heard of Roswell. But this also happened in Belgium, so, like, maybe it wasn't well-known in the U.S. Um, uh, so that's a lot of people who have seen... A UFO, but the Belgian Air Force had no logical explanation for the activity, but it acknowledged that an unknown activity had taken place in the air, which is scratchy. Mm-hmm. Belgians reached out to the UK's Ministry of Defense to investigate further, but once again, they determined that the incident was not hostile or aggressive, and they stopped their investigation. Which, I don't know. I mean... Seems uh... a little shady to me. Maybe they stopped, in quotes, the investigation. Uh-huh. AKA, they kept going. <laughs> also, I didn't want people to know. 
<laughs> also, I just looked at my screen because I have my knees up. Can you even see my face? Yeah, I can see your knees a little bit. I can see your face a little bit. This is this is what I'm gonna look like when you birth my child. <laughs> POV. I'm pregnant and I'm giving birth. <laughs> Wait, gotta get the stirrups. <laughs> can you take a screenshot of this? No. <laughs> Don't want to. No, please. <laughs> Kelly, literally my child's gonna come out into your hands. Okay, so that's just a, a few. I'm sure there's been a lot more UFO sightings, but that's kind of like the most famous ones in history. The ones that we felt were important to share with you guys. Which is honestly the only ones that matter because our opinion is fact. True. Very so, true. Yes. It's true because it's fact. Mm-hmm. 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 So anyway, that's um, end of part one. Or like, a, I don't know if it's really part one, but... This is the end of this episode, the this first episode. episode of the second season. Yeah. So when so. you tell your friends about it, so when you tell all your friends about it, you say, yeah, go listen to season one, season two. No, don't say, don't say any of that. Actually just say, hey guys, you should listen to Incus Clans Vanna season two, episode one. Yeah. Title to be determined. Don't, don't let them listen to season one, episode one. Cause that was just a hot mess. No, actually, I thought that was one of our better episodes, CBH. <laughs> it involves raps about flat earth. So can we actually go anywhere but downhill from there? I'm not quite so sure, but regardless. Or some say, a roller coaster. Or some say irregardless. Irregardless. They're wrong. Um, um, okay, well, it. thanks for listening. Um, the next episode is going to be more about the history of Area 51 and all that fun stuff so tune in when that releases and thanks for listening and anything else savannah um give us five star reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you rate your podcast yeah five star or nothing well i'll take a four star but like no one star reviews guys it really hurts our feelings yeah if you were gonna give us a one star review instead just email us and tell us what you don't like yeah or just like tell your mom or something yeah like, that oh, too. sweetie that sounds like so hard for you but and it sounds like, like yeah, a really fun podcast i should listen to it yeah and then, then your mom will start listening to it and she'll be like sweetie why did you say it was bad like i actually <laughs> really enjoy it our audience our main audience is actually like 50 to 65 year old <laughs> moms so <laughs> okay um sounds good we'll talk to you guys later bye just kidding this is the real ending <sighs> True. <laughs> no, I forgot. It. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. 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 Like, have you been recording another podcast on the side? No, I'm just watching JoJo like mount you. It's distracting. <laughs> now I have a view of JoJo's bottle. <laughs> She's very needy. She can smell the cow penis that she doesn't have to eat anymore. I'll have to ask my mom if that's actually really what it is. Okay, okay, ready? One, two, three. Trust, Trust no one. one. Bye. Threw up in her mouth next to the camera. Did she really just throw up? I don't know. She did a little like, <laughs> but nothing came out. <laughs> okay, Jojo, say bye. Say bye. <laughs>